Happy weekends, everyone! Welcome to the first episode of Global China Study. We are a podcast group hosted by University College London students, bringing you the newest international perspective on economic and political affairs every week. We also interview leading scholars to bring you the brightest voices of the brightest minds. Today, we will focus our attention on carbon inequality and ESG. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. It is essentially a set of criteria to assess a company's behavior, like whether the company cares about the society and environmental goals. This term is a really hot topic, especially in Europe, because reducing carbon is generally considered as a priority and necessity. For example, the EU has promised that by 2030, their greenhouse gas emission will be reduced by 55% to 1990 levels. So, when screening for investors, companies would highlight their achievements in ESG. However, let's not forget that while net zero sounds like the most responsible approach, the decision as to how we ought to make countries comply with such goal can present dilemma. I think Peter Singer's view poses a very fascinating challenge. He talks about how the whole project of achieving net zero can be unfair to developing countries, especially those who are just starting to develop. For instance, the arguments proposed by countries in Africa would be: Why should they have to comply with renewable trends if most of carbon emissions so far had been emitted by developed countries like the United States? Why should they, in a sense, pay for what other developed countries had done at the expense of their own development? This essentially is the problem of carbon inequality. Yes, I think this raises a good point. Reducing carbon might seem like an easy task, but there are so many issues connected to this problem, such as social and economic inequality between the developing and developed countries. So the net zero carbon goal might be really hard to achieve. Indeed. So this essentially presents us a dilemma of carbon inequality. As we are on this topic, we believe China is a great miniature to discuss this topic. In China, the top five percent of income earners are responsible for about seventeen percent of national carbon footprints, and the bottom fifty percent of income earners are only responsible for twenty-five percent. You can see that there is a huge amount of inequality in terms of carbon emission between the groups of higher and lower income. As a country with wide disparity in income level, China's commitment to renewable energy can bring with it influential social problems. This week, we talked to Dr. Jifu Mi, the associate professor in climate change economics from the Bartlett School of University College London, on carbon inequality. Let's talk to our correspondent Leo. Good morning, Leo. Hi, Natalie. So, Leo, what is Dr. Mi's view on the current situation of carbon inequality in China? Do you think this disparity in carbon inequality is increasing or decreasing, and what might be causing this recent trend? Yes, according to Dr. Mi's research, there is now a converging carbon footprint from the past decades, which means the carbon inequality in China is actually declining. In his research, Dr. Mi developed a carbon footprint Gini coefficient to statistically measure the change of carbon inequality, and the research showed that the carbon footprint Gini coefficient had declined largely in the past decades. This reducing inequality mainly comes from two reasons. Firstly, the greener lifestyle, which means that people now prefer the greener and lower carbon footprint lifestyle, and secondly, it's because the declining gap of consumption between the rich and the poor in China. Okay, so what do you think the government could do so that China complies with its international commitment to achieve net zero while providing more socially fair solutions? From talking to Dr. Mi, I think there are mainly two ways that could help China to achieve net zero goal. While not causing destabilizing factors to the society, firstly, Chinese government could have more campaigns that raise people's awareness about the importance of climate mitigation, which also increase people's willingness to pay for climate mitigating actions. In addition, it can put pressure from top to down on the local governments to encourage them to take more actions on this. 
Secondly, the Chinese government can impose relevant policies and use the market forces to switch the economy to a cleaner energy structure. Specifically, the government lead the shift from fossil fuel to renewable energy like hydropower, wind power, solar power, which also provide alternative employment opportunities to workers. In fact, the Chinese government is now doing this. China now has the largest installed capacity in renewable energy in hydropower, wind power, and solar power. Well, another aspect why I think China is a relevant case study to look at if we're discussing a solution to reducing carbon inequality is that China has a really big sharing economy. Chinese millennials like me love the benefits of a growing sharing economy. For instance, we love being able to find bikes anywhere on the street and ride them for a very cheap price, and then just leave them on the side of a sidewalk and not worry about where to return them. So, Leo, what does Doctor Me think about this kind of sharing economy? What implications may it have on promoting urban sustainability? So, sharing economy is a peer-to-peer based sharing access of goods or services. Which means that the sharing economy can increase the utilization efficiency of products. Doctor Me thinks that this brings sharing economy a huge potential to promote urban sustainability and mitigate climate change. He thinks it can help to reduce the usage of resources, as many studies have proved that sharing economy has environmental benefits. In his research, he estimated environmental impacts of bike sharing in Shanghai, in New York, and in Washington D.C. The results show that the bike sharing can help to reduce the energy use, the carbon dioxide emissions, the air pollution emissions in the transportation system, which together promote the level of sustainability in urban areas. All right, thank you, Leo, for bringing us the details of this interview, and thanks to Dr. Mi for providing us with insights into the recent trends in China. Hopefully, China's proactive approach to solving these issues can potentially inspire us to find a solution to carbon inequality in the world. Please subscribe to CGS podcast every week. Our team will bring you the newest perspectives from leading researchers in the field every week. We will see you next week. Bye.